Hello and welcome to Allegedly Astrology. Each week we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. Thanks for listening. And if you guys want to support us even more, you can subscribe to our Patreon. For $5 a month, you get at least two extra episodes. You could also leave us a five-star review and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listed on. And if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll make you a custom meme of your big three and send you a quick write-up about it. We also have cool Allegedly Astrology stuff on Public, so go there to check it out. And make sure to follow us on social media. We're Allegedly Astrology on Instagram, Reddit, and TikTok, and Allegedly Astro on Twitter. And you can visit our website, allegedlyastrology.com, to learn more about us and the show, or book a reading with me, Dana, and check out charts and transcripts for select episodes. Today, we are so excited to have our first guest of the season. So Dana, what are we talking about? Today, we are talking about the K-pop sensation BTS with a very special guest, astrologer Ace Yang, a.k.a. Alice Sparkly Cat. Yay! Welcome, Ace! We are so pumped at you. Dana is especially pumped to have you. Yes. I'm starstruck. (laughs) Dana is starstruck. But for those of you who don't know, Ace is an astrologer and author, and their work has been featured at MoMA, the Philadelphia Museum of Art, and the Brooklyn Museum. So Ace, can you tell us a a little bit about yourself and your big three? Yes. Yeah. You know, my name is Ace. I'm really happy to be here. My big three is I'm an Aquarius rising. I'm a Cancer moon and I'm an Aries sun. Woo woo. That was, that was Elise and Aries saying woo woo. Yeah. Fellow. Because <laughs> I feel like that, that feels appropriate. <laughs> when is your birthday? It's April 10th. Oh, dope. And April Aries. I'm a March Aries, March 28th. Yeah. And I like March Aries. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> they like them too. So can you tell us how you got into astrology? Is this something that's always been a part of your life or how did you sort of make this your one of your careers? I got into this. So this is like one. I mean, I started getting into it, I guess, before 2015. But 2015, I you know, I got really obsessed with it. And I was going through a lot. I think most people go like, you know, get into astrology or going through something. Yes, because you're just like searching for anything to like grasp onto of like what is going on. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh my God, like I was so isolated and it actually just helped me get to know more people is part of it too. You know, I got back into reading, like I loved to read when I was a kid. And then I like, it fell off after a while because of life things, but I got back into reading maybe through astrology and actually maybe back into writing too. So it came, you know, it exposed me to new information, but took me back to a lot of things. Were you always a writer? You're such a good writer. Your style is so, uh, like, you're just not trying to be anything, you know, it's just not trying. It's just so natural and like good. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I'm. I'll stop. I'm probably being. Stupid. I, Lisa, Sarah, don't. I've like never emoted before. So I, I know. Excuse me. She does that. She really does that. I guess when I was twelve, Yu-Gi-Oh fan fiction, and it was so enjoyable. Oh, nice. Like at the time, like Yu-Gi-Oh was a really big fandom early two thousands. Um, it's kind of fallen off now. Like. It's not like the most popular fandom, but there's some loyal people around still. I'm, I'm still in it. <laughs> Love that. I feel like you've moved your Yu-Gi-Oh! fandom into the BTS army. 
You needed somewhere to put your your fandom fervor. I love it. Gotta channel the passion. We have to channel the passion. Have you ever written any fanfic about BTS? Oh, of course. (laughs) My longest one, 200,000 words. What? Oh Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. Well, we do want to hear a lot more about your fandom of BTS. But first, I just want to talk about your astrological journey called Aligning Your Planets, which is on sale now. So can you tell us a little bit about it, how you came to write it? Like, would love to know about it. Yeah. So there's a workbook and then goes through different like planetary events, like, you know, your Saturn return, Mercury retrograde, things like that. And then it just gives you like kind of journaling exercises and sometimes like imagination exercises to work with them some of them are techniques that i actually find really useful when working with clients too so it's like you know it's something that you can adapt for your own purposes like you don't have to do any imagination exercise in the exact way and then you can do them with a friend too because sometimes having like the attention of someone else actually just brings out so much play so you can i mean you can use it for your own purposes my first book, Postcolonial Astrology, is so much about reconstructing the language of, of astrology. And then there's this whole other life where you work with actual, like, living, you know, people, too. And then that's kind of its own bag of things. And then really, like, you know, that's the devotion of the practice. So, I mean, I just, I, I wanted to make something that was, like, like kind of usable for people. And then it's like, yeah, it's like older exercises because i made the book before it was self-published so now it's like published in by a publisher and then, oh chic yeah it's like you know you can get it anywhere that you might find books too it's called aligning your planets if you're interested love the art i'm very excited to like start using it just because i do think astrology is such a a nice way to like learn about yourself and kind of understand like what's happening to you and around you. And I like, I'm a big journal girl. So I feel like I'm like pumped. I feel like it helps me to process my thoughts and like just figure out what's going on. So I feel like all the journal people out there, now's your time. (laughs) Also, you can learn so much about like in like trying to learn about yourself using astrology, you learn so much about astrology. Yeah. Yeah, that's Especially true. if you're like relating to other people, you're like, oh, this is just how that works. Well, we will put a link to Ace's journal in the show notes so everyone can go buy it wherever you buy your books. Now we're going to move on to the topic of the day, which is, of course, BTS. I would love to hear how you discovered them and why are you such a fan? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I was really into Full Metal Alchemist. Well, not like as an obsession, but just as a phase. I was reading a lot of fan fiction, and one of the writers who write Full Metal Alchemist fan fiction also writes BTS fan fiction. So I like I just got into it through fan fiction, and I mean, it was like, oh my god, <sighs> like it's just like this total instant erotic experience. Honestly, like the fan fiction world is like so densely populated with like the most rich and like just, I mean, sensual material. So, and it's primarily queer people too. So it's kind of like this huge playground with the psyche. Wow. And yeah. And and then I got into, you know, their music, of course. 
things like that. I started meeting people who are into it. Yoongi is my favorite. And then, yeah, I mean, I just fell in love with them. Yeah. Uh, this is very exciting. I do not admittedly know a lot about the world of fan fiction. So this is very enlightening for me. I like to hear about this stuff. Okay, so we're going to get into BTS and all the good charts, and it's going to be a really fun episode. So we're going to just start with the basics of what's BTS. So BTS is a South Korean boy band that is a global phenomenon. Their music blends a range of musical genres, which include hip-hop, heartfelt ballads, feel-good pop. They're known as the biggest band in the world and were named as some of the most influential people of the year in their 10-year career. Oh, my God. They've been around for 10 years? Yeah. It's crazy. They've broken record in tour sales, one being that they were the first all-South Korean act to get a Billboard U.S. top single, which is pretty amazing. They also are one of the few acts since the Beatles to release four albums that hit number one in the U.S. in less than two years. These are some crazy stats. And as of this recording, they are now best-selling authors, just like Ace is going to be with their journal. <laughs> and they've recently been in the news for announcing a hiatus, which has broken a lot of hearts, but we have hope that they'll be back together. So let's take a look at the astrology of their meteoric rise. Yes. So for those of you who don't know, BTS stands for the Korean phrase, Bantan Sonyeondan. I hope I didn't butcher that too badly. But it translates to Bulletproof Boy Scouts, which I love. And the name signifies the group's desire to, you know, block out stereotypes and criticisms and expectations that are aimed on adolescents like bullets, which I also love, like leave the kids alone. So we've done all the individual charts of each BTS member, but you'll have to go to our Patreon to hear that. So make sure to sign up. The link's in the show notes. But otherwise, we're going to just get right into the group BTS's chart. So how did this band come together? The CEO of a record label wanted to form a hip-hop group around RM, who was sort of an underground rapper, but well-known in Seoul. And the CEO's mind was set on hip-hop, but hip-hop album sales were declining, so he changed his mind and went in a different direction. And this person didn't want to have the usual super regimented vibe of K-pop groups. He wanted to create a group where the members could be individuals rather than an ensemble. So they're together, but it's not like they all have the same identity. And he wanted them to be free to express themselves, which is chic. And auditions were held for the band in 2010. And one thing to note about K-pop groups is that they're no joke. I think we've all kind of seen boy bands get put together over the years, you know, like from the instincts of the world to the One Directions. But K-pop really, really is a much more serious undertaking. There's a ton of training that goes into forming one of these groups and introducing the group to the world. And before a K-pop idol group is put together and presented to the world publicly or debuted, they enter a training process and are labeled trainees. Sometimes they live in dormitories together where they're educated on dancing, singing, speaking to the media. I mean, these classes sometimes start for kids really young. So BTS is living together and doing their thing. But the normal thing as a K-pop group, what you would do is go on like a reality competition show and like crush it and get fame like that. But they didn't really go that way. They went to YouTube uh, and yeah, they blew up on YouTube. And they also chose to dance in like an individual 
kind of like hip hop style rather than, you know, a lot of like K-pop groups are like very like choreographed, very like precise Mm -hmm. all dancing at the same time. Um, And they did not do that. I love that for them. But the time finally comes for BTS to drop an album and they released Too Cool for School, starring their first ever single, No More Dream. And the single talked about young people's anxiety due to the the lofty parental expectations on them. And everyone was like, wait, this isn't like a bubblegum pop band. They're talking about some real shit. Yes. And this song made them stand out even more because, you know, they had a point of view on the subject and they weren't afraid to talk about things that are considered taboo in South Korean culture and society. And, you know, this, like them wanting to take a stance, their relatable lyrics, this has been something that has set them apart from other groups over the years. You know, they are down to discuss like societal issues and the pressures of growing up. So what's the chart? I feel like, right? Like it's really important for kids not just to hear about like crushes. Yeah. You know, I like, I like that for this generation. Yeah. Tell me that someone else's parents are crushing their souls in, you know, (laughs) got to know there's others out there. But what's the chart like for their debut? So they debuted on June 13th, 2013 at 7 p.m. in Seoul. And they have a Gemini Sun, a Leo Moon and a Sagittarius Rising, which actually is the same big three as me in a different order. So oh my God, Dana, you have BTS as a whole and I have V. So we're we're just BTS army now. Yeah. <laughs> Astrologically inducted. So yeah, okay. So the first thing I saw when I look at this chart is that the ascendant is in Sagittarius trying the moon in Leo in the ninth house. And so the moon in Leo in the ninth house also squares the Saturn rejoicing in the twelfth house with the North Node. So the moon in Leo square Saturn in Scorpio, like the moon in Leo needs sort of like these, I guess, process reality or like have support. And then like Saturn in Scorpio is like what you've had to like go without. Right. And so with it in the 12th house, it's sort of like the acknowledgement of difficulty. And then the moon in Leo being like the moon in Leo in the ninth, it's like creative expression of yourself and then other people resonating with that instead of instead of trying to like tailor your stuff to some sort of like I guess algorithm for lack of a better word right it's not like mathematical it's sort of like emotional in a way and like reaching the masses with that moon in the ninth house from emotion and then also so it's the chart is ruled by Jupiter and detriment in Gemini in the seventh house with the sun and Mars and this is I feel like this is anticipating like I, I doubt that they I guess I don't know much about managing a band at all. But like if you're anticipating <laughs> competition like they've already done it, they're going to be their own like competition every time. Like they're aware of every detail. And also that does sort of seem to me like a band that doesn't like not everything has to be choreographed, but it has to like look a certain way. They have style, but they're not really conforming to this sort of like traditional norms that they're also being appealing to like you know the masses so also i guess i like that saturn trines neptune that's sort of like really being able to tap into the ether and then it has venus and mercury are opposite pluto and square uranus so it's sort of like these personal placements about like creative communication are opposite pluto which is squaring uranus which is sort of like a new thing you know that also is talking about taboo things but in a way that's not in a way where like you like maybe like read the lyrics to a song that you're like dancing to and you're like oh wow like now you're having like an existential crisis on the you know the club floor overall i'm i really like this chart yeah for me like the vts chart is all about that debilitated jupiter i feel like we're talking about debilitated planets so much with bts yeah 
That's so interesting. So that's not what I expected to talk about today. <laughs> yeah, you know, Bang PD, who's the creator of BTS, the producer, uh, he has Jupiter and Sagittarius, so opposite. And so he created BTS on his Jupiter opposition. I believe he formed Big Hit on his Jupiter return. I have to check up on that. But I believe that's what happened. The debilitated Jupiter, like, you know, Jupiter, Zeus, it's the god of who possesses the power of divination, right, through dreaming. And then they debuted under the song No More Dream, which is like, oh, yeah. Uh, wow. It's like, wow. I don't know. It just seems so archetypal. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the dream thing, it's also, like, it's so big because... At the time of they, their debut, there were only three K-pop companies. So it's SM Entertainment, YG Entertainment, and JYP. And all the airtime on every single broadcasting channel. This is government-owned, by the way. K-pop is an industry that's subsidized, is taken up by those three companies. It's kind of what you call oligarchy so it's not quite a monopoly but they're in collaboration pushing all competition out and then that's why they did like they pushed themselves on youtube so they couldn't get any airtime and they couldn't promote themselves so i'm oh debilitated that's why they've been together for so long too you know boy bands they usually form and then there's a period but they've been together for 10 years because of this like endurance aspect as well that i wow. think planet is the persistence yeah they couldn't really promote themselves and the reason why k-pop is dominated or was dominated by those three companies is because there was a financial crash in 1997 and then kind of like what japan did with the idea of kawaii where it became a cultural export they were trying to do it with k-pop and so uh, in this street we can say the nation's economy using soft power and culture. So that's the dream. And then BTS debuted under the song, No More Dream. They're talking wow. about the dream and they're talking about the dream of success. And then they ask you actually, like you lose all the dreams that you've had in childhood. And those are really women's culture. So the message of the song like hits really deep in it. They're talking wow. about parental generation they're basically saying like you don't have what it takes to remember dream and that's sad too that's part of the grieving yeah i don't know the debilitated jupiter is just kind of everything about this chart for me <laughs> uh, i guess there's some mixed reception right i mean no aspect between the jupiter and then the cancer mercury where jupiter exalts in cancer and then mercury rules the Jupiter too. So it's not so strong, but maybe it comes across with the lyrics. But you know, just the like, I mean, wow, they really for years no one knew about them. You know, they were laughed at actually when they tried to promote themselves and they were squeezed out. When they appeared on variety shows, they were sometimes made fun of. Wow. Bully. And then so yeah. It's kind of this really long and arduous process i like that so they sound kind of like mm -hmm. i guess like i mean they're boy scouts like a brotherhood and having aquarius on the third house is sort of like ruled by saturn in the 12th house like having to endure sort of like i guess 
being bullied or like casted in a way that you're like, but you're not going to stop. And then also maybe like, Jupiter and Gemini or yeah, like having a, I have Jupiter and Gemini and I sort of enjoy opposition from time to time. I almost pathologically so just like, like feeding off of that maybe. All right. So we're at the point where BTS gets famous and like we mentioned, they debuted on YouTube, but there was a real increase in music video programming, fans watching YouTube for music content. And then after their debut, they were recognized as Best New Artist at South Korea's Melon Music Awards, and they continued to receive tons of accolades for their music throughout the years. And like Ace was saying, you know, they were made fun of when they first started, but then like things like quickly shifted and it shifted so hard and so fast that we could not cover all of the things that happened to them in 10 years because that would be even longer than us going through all seven members' birth charts. But their albums appeared on the world albums charts and on the Billboard 200 and Billboard 100, which is a really big deal. They've broken so many records and they've been able to cross over into like mainstream American music and also like just everywhere, like countries everywhere they've crossed into and they become like part of the culture there. And we can't talk about BTS, especially when it comes to their success without talking about ARMY. And ARMY is BTS's fan base and they're known as one of the world's most devoted fan bases. And we are honored to have an ARMY member here with us today. (laughs) Yes. And also in awe and slightly terrified because ARMY is not one to fuck with because they are known for organizing. The community helps generate BTS's number one chart rankings via coordinated campaigns on streaming platforms and calling radio stations. And honestly, they like push BTS to the top. So love that. Yes. And because many of BTS's lyrics speak to social values, ARMY has responded by trying to improve the world. And they regularly embrace activism for charitable causes and political issues like refugee crises, racial discrimination, children's rights, climate change, COVID, you name it. So let's check out their chart. So the ARMY chart is July 19th, 2013 at 1.19 p.m. in Seoul. And it has a Libra rising and a Cancer sun and moon. And so the Libra rising is ruled by... Libra rising already. We're starting from a place of like needing to relate the sort of like community and just wanting to like be a part of something. And it's ruled by Venus in Leo in the 11th, which is conjunct the band's moon in Leo. So there's like the affinity between the band and and the army. And in the 11th, like it's sort of like they're the audience. But it's also there's sort of I, I like that it's like in Leo because it's sort of this interplay between people identifying with other people by just expressing themselves in a way. I guess like the, it's sort of instead of having a script, it's like not I don't want to say like raw honesty, but it's almost like this dramatic expression, but it's honest. And then with the moon on the midheaven and then also Mercury, there's a Mercury Kazemi within a day. A retrograde Mercury Kazemi, which is fitting since a lot of band members or at least a few have that. And it's in the 10th house, too. So it's like the reputation is sort of like this devotion. It's Venus or it's Libra and it's Cancer. And there is like this nurturing quality. So like they have the band's back and they have each other's back. And they've also taken on other things like like when they bought all those tickets for Trump's rally. Like there's just sort of like a, I don't know, an, a well-organized organization. Also, this chart has Jupiter in Cancer where it's exalted, but it has Mars conjunct BTS's natal Jupiter so it's sort of like Mars being the military and Jupiter being so prominent in the BTS chart it's 
I guess, going to war for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a powerful chart. So, like, you know, every planet that does well in Cancer is in there. Moon in Cancer is down south. So army is like, like, you ever see cats when they stake out their territory? It's like... <laughs> You know, that's the domicile energy. That's what I think. It's like, this is my home. Oh. And then the Jupiter exalted. Army is like really well organized. It's meticulous. It's a separate entity than BTS. So there are going to be army members, fans who are just as influential as the members. It's a completely separate entity. And the way that they promoted BTS is that they organized the U.S. based on radio stations and they calculated how many streams would get BTS to like win a billboard. Oh my god. They would assign people like roles like your job is to pitch, play this song and then if a radio station decided to play a BTS song they would reward that station with streams with listens and also with gifts as what they would send physical gifts. What? It's, yeah, it's like in divisions. <laughs> I mean, the Jupiter Exalted is like, we're going to promote this thing. If we're going to promote it, we're going to promote it. And then we're going to kind of promote it to the moon, too. It's like, I mean, like just being in ARMY is kind of this spiritual experience as well, because you're in this like mass of people and it's like you have the same encounter with the erotic together. So it's, yeah, it's very intense. Yeah, Jupiter exalted is no joke. Like these people, they believe in magic and they practice it when they when you have it natally. So are we having this, I mean, they use witchcraft and we use witchcraft to propel BTS forward all the time. But I think like what brings them their success, it's not just things, exalted planets, they burn out really fast too. So I think the debilitated persistence is actually really key where it's like, I mean, I see obstacle kind of like what Dana said, and I'm like kind of into it. Like I'm going to go for it. It's like, it's kind of the mix between the two. So the Jupiter is like, it's so fascinating. Both of them are angular. BTS has it in the seventh, Army has it in the tenth. And then it's a different Jupiter, even though the dates are just a month apart. And then they do completely different things for each other and for the world, too. I do love, like, because I feel like cancer, the general, like, kind of, like, vibe people think of cancer is like, oh, you're, like, crying all the time. Like, you know, you're, like, looking at old photos in, like, a scrapbook. But honestly, cancer is like, I think of like, I don't know if you've ever seen Caroline Manzo in the New Jersey Housewives, like Real Housewives of New Jersey. But she says this thing, like she gets all aggro in one episode and she's like, my family, we are as thick as thieves and like no one could come between us. And that's what I feel like this cancer cellium is like, they're not to be fucked with. Like they will come after you. I love that. Folks. That's definitely ARMY. <laughs> but you know, ARMY around BTS is like, if we see them in public, like we hide. So cute. And then one more thing I do love just like 
Venus and Leo just because it's like, I love this thing and I'm going to tell you I love it mm-hmm. and everyone is going to know. Mm-hmm. And then just being in the 11th too, just like we all collectively love it. I just love that because it's sort of like, I don't know, I guess maybe I like saw Josie and the Pussycats too many times, but I feel like it's sort of like these are people who make art for themselves and that's why it's appealing to everyone else because it's so pure. So sad news for many fans, BTS announced that the group would take a break as they enlist in South Korea's mandatory military service. And under South Korean law, all able-bodied males must complete between 18 and 21 months of military service by the age of 28. So a lot of BTS is pushing. Yeah, pushing up against that. And the band are kind of staggering their enlistments. So each is taking time to focus on their solo careers, but they made it clear they were not breaking up. It's hard to pinpoint a specific date for a comeback, but people think it might be around 2025. So what was going on when they announced their hiatus? The announcement was on June 14th, 2022. And this chart has a Gemini sun and a Sagittarius moon. It's a Sagittarius full moon and it's squared by Neptune, which is sort of like this announcement with also sort of uncertainty for the future. This chart also has several domicile placements. It is Mercury and Gemini, Venus and Taurus, Mars and Aries, and Saturn and Aquarius. So it is interesting that, like, you know, a disruption comes. Maybe there's, like, less obstacles or it's just sort of like this. A strongish chart doesn't always have the outcomes you want. So this is in 2022. It's a 10th house. I did the, the solar return chart, which was on June 13th at 11.08 p.m. And so the, they're in a 10th house Mercury year. So this is going to deal with, like, their, like, career trajectory, their reputation. And also, if we're looking at Venus cycles, Venus was retrograde in Capricorn in both 2013 and 2022. So Venus cycles are like a simple way to sort of predict maybe like patterns coming back or like endings and beginnings. The solar return Mercury is at 29 degrees Taurus conjunct the solar return IC in Gemini. So this is interesting to me because Mercury's announcements, but it's also sort of like premature endings because this is like an out of an out of sign conjunction and Mercury is at the final degree of Taurus in the sixth house, which is in mundane astrology, the house of military. So that's kind of on the nose. And also like with with the IC being past Mercury, I feel like it's just sort of I guess maybe it wasn't a last minute decision, but it might have felt like a, it's on ending that you're like prepared for. And Mercury's in the solar return fourth house, which is the house of endings. Uh, the solar return Mercury is also square Saturn. So this is like making serious decisions, like, you know, endings, restrictions, like difficult decisions. And the solar return chart has a Taurus stellium in the sixth house, which once again is the the house of military. And it is Uranus, Venus conjunct the south node. So Uranus is like surprise, the south or the north node. The north node's like sudden turns. It's conjunct the south node, though, in the natal chart. So it's a nodal opposition as well. So I was looking at some other band hiatus charts and nodal oppositions and returns are predictably like times when bands go through, you know, hiatuses or breaks or come back together. The solar return Neptune's also conjunct the natal IC. So Neptune is like, you know, confusion and delusion. And it's just sort of like a confusing ending because like nothing is set in stone, but you also don't know the next step. The solar return moon was conjunct the natal ascendant. So this it, it indicates changes in the band's trajectory. And then the descendant is conjunct the natal moon and the descendant is also endings or like, you know, deaths in astrology. So it sort of speaks to that. And then the moon is on the midheaven of the solar return chart. So it's a change in reputation and like a change in how their like, you know, public activity is. The nodal opposition represents like a new path being like kicked off sort of like 
your comfort zone. And then the soul return Mars Chiron conjunction is conjunct the natal Uranus in the fifth house. So the fifth house is creation. It's having fun. Uranus is breaking news. Mars is severing. Chiron is sorrow and like meaningful experiences. Maybe taking stock of how meaningful something is when it's ending. And also the progressed moon is in Sagittarius conjunct the ascendant that perfected in March 2022 and then the progressed full moon was in Capricorn in November 2022 so it's sort of like with that crossing the ascendant it's changing the activity of the band like how the band like performs in the world there's just like a major change happening and then the progressed full moon is this like a really big turning point especially in Capricorn it's where the moon is in detriment so it's sort of like having to serve to duty instead of you know like making a tough decision for practicality purposes what do you think Ace? Yeah, I'm so like you know I haven't looked at the this chart before, so I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm so fascinated by what you said about noticing that bands tend to go on pause or hiatus during their nodal return. Sorry, nodal reversal too. Yeah. There's nodal going on. That's so cool. Oh my god. I mean, what stands out to me is the full moon. Yeah, I mean the announced on the full and the Mercury ingress as well. Yeah. It's interesting because it's a lunar opposite or a sort of lunar return for non-June. And I was thinking about how like it affected all the mutable people in BTS in a different way too. Because Yoongi was the one who said it. And then it was this really odd moment where they were having dinner for their festa. And he just leaned back and he's like, should we talk about the hiatus? And you know, they never use that word again. They always say pause or like, the second phase of BTS now. <laughs> and then afterwards, I guess like a, like Namjoon got a lot of flack for what happened because he wrote this heartfelt letter that was like, stop asking me about this. Like, stop making fun of me. Mm-hmm. Crying. Well, I was crying as well. And then, yeah, just looking at the Sagittarius moons, like, okay, you know, his moons in Sagittarius, like that day was a return emotionally. Right now, he was probably so nostalgic. It was the same thing they officially moved out of their dorms too, because they were all living together. And then, oh my God. But then they went to like get some stuff, I think they said. So, like, they, they really like cleared it out of their belongings. So, I don't know. Like, yeah, just like the, I think G has a mutable moon too. There's something about like going home together. It's a return to a place that, they used to live together for years, like sharing sharing space, sharing bathrooms, sharing routines, and then they clear it out and then they move on. It's, I mean, it's such an emotional move. It's so sad. Yeah. Moving. Moving is sad. So to celebrate their 10-year anniversary, BTS released Beyond the Story 10-year record of BTS. And this translated into 23 languages and was released on July 9th or Army Day for BTS fans. And to the surprise of no one, it instantly became a bestseller. Yes, everyone loved it. It's doing super well. And that's good because as you know, as we've been talking about, currently the band is each doing their own thing. So going to give you a quick rundown. You know, like Suga has been on tour. So chic for him. J-Hope performed at Lollapalooza which was a big deal because he was the first South Korean act to headline the like uh, headline an American stage. He also right now is enlisted in the army. Jimin released his debut solo album. 
Jungkook performed at the World Cup, which honestly, Sheik V was involved in an upcoming reality television program. And oh, there's still two more. RM has set records with his solo album Indigo, and he was the first Korean soloist to enter the top three of the Billboard 200 and the first Korean male soloist to have an album spend five weeks on the Billboard 200, too. So that's awesome. And then Jin is enlisted in the army. So they are all at different points right now, still repping BTS, but, you know, going at it solo for the time being. So do we have any predictions on when they might get back together? Yes, I have. So they're rumored to be getting back together in 2025. It'll be their first Jupiter return, which also would be kind of poetic because their Jupiter being in Gemini and being their chart ruler, it's the sign of two. So having a second phase, even if there's not a third one, having like a really prominent second act would be, you know, so great. It would be like satisfying and cathartic. In their solar return, there's a first house. They're in a first house Sagittarius Jupiter year. So that Jupiter is important. But in the solar return chart, just sort of like how the army chart has Jupiter at zero or at two degrees cancer, this chart has Jupiter at zero degrees cancer so it's exalted so maybe there's like a little more ease or like like leeway I don't know just sort of like less obstacles to making it happen a second time and the south node is conjunct the natal midheaven so it could be like going back to like the you know a restoration or like a looking back at what how like things used to be like their you know their daily life before or like how they would appear in public together. And then also on September 22nd, there's a solar eclipse conjunct the natal midheaven and it's opposite Saturn, which is on the IC. So that could be like going back to work. It could also be like sort of a surprise announcement. So these are all really like supported themes for 2025. Oh, also on August 19th, the progress moon enters Aquarius, the third house, which is the house of siblings. So like, you know, they're kind of like brothers, it seems, or they like seem to be family. So that would kind of I mean, I don't know if they'll be going back to the dorms, but it would, if that's what they want, it would be cool. I also thought maybe my like initial prediction before I knew about the rumor was that it would be summer 2024, but I no longer necessarily believe in that. I feel like I was being too <laughs> much of an astrologer and not much of a, you know. Why did you think summer 2024? Okay, so that's when Uranus is conjunct their north node. And another thing I was noticing when I was looking at like hiatus charts and return, like getting back together charts was like a lot of Uranus and like on node stuff. So I was like, okay, well that's coming up. And then the progressed, their progressed IC is applying to their natal Uranus at that time too. So it could kind of be like a, just sort of like this, you know, this nice fusion of like, okay, we're going back. It's like surprise. Like maybe even they would be like, oh my God, we're going to be back together next week. It's also their progressed solar and lunar return. So that signifies like, you know, a big sort of like just like a a moment that you can sort of rely on being uh, significant. But Dana, I was thinking when you said that we always talk about Uranus in breaking news charts. And so maybe instead of them coming back in 2024, maybe that we hear news, breaking news of their like when they're coming back or plans to be coming back. Oh, sure. Maybe. You know what I mean? So even if like that's not realistic for whatever reason, it could be we could be hearing news about their comeback around that time. Sure. I mean, it could also be like, yeah, it could be like internal projects is in their fifth house. So it could be them. Oh, like tech. Yeah, and they are help, doing, I don't know. Um, yeah, they are <laughs> doing a lot of solo projects. Also, at that time, their first super return is underway, even though it's not exact. And the North Node is conjunct the progressed IC. I don't know. There's just a few things where I was like, oh, my God, patterns. But I no longer believe in it as much as the one 
in 2025. <laughs> Ace, do you have any like exact predictions or? Yeah, I mean, so many things are running through my mind. I don't have an exact prediction or anything. This is what I think is BTS, they had, they're essentially a trilogy, right? Like they had HYYH, Nilva. That's the first installment. And then there's Love Yourself, which is the second. And then there's Map of the Soul, which is the integration of the self. So like that project is actually completed and it, it like it's whole as well. This isn't my first boy, like South Korean boy band. So I think like, you know, when they do come back, like they should be different. Because the Hoidi being like a what's Bangtang Shoyun like Shoyun is actually like boy boy band Boy Scouts is like it is different. I feel like the members will want that to be different as well, and then that's what they're expressing right now with the BTS 2.0, the second phase, is that we're actually growing, and then they want their fans to grow and go through that with them too. I think the members are committed to each other. Like they all have tattoos of number seven on their bodies somewhere. So like, you know, it's kind of like, like they are faded in this way. And then they talk about that. Like we're going to be together in some way for the rest of our lives. It's like, it's a really deep tie that they have. But I feel like, you know, like at least the energy now with just like, making space to seeing people that you're attached to go into the military and then you know they all have personal reasons for when they go why they go have to do with family stuff so you know that's their own stuff i think that it can be just this time where you let them go for a little bit they're not gonna if they come back where they probably they will come back they've said but it's not gonna be the same exact thing so it's not like a return. I think the hiatus announced that it was the return. And then that was a hey, because it was a return to their dorms. They're like actual, like they'll be going through the Saturn return period. So they'll be in like mature adulthood instead of being gone. Yeah. Right. And yeah, it, I mean, it probably will be just like really different and how they socialize together too because i think when you're 20 and when you're in your 20s like you're kind of going through similar life struggles as your peers so there's bonding too and then when you're in your 30s like you actually should have your independence Mm -hmm. is kind of thing i think 2025 maybe like something will happen but yeah i'm not like expecting it to be like a we're making a comeback in the same exact in the same exact way at all. And then, yeah. Ace, when you talk about this, you almost have like a grief in your voice. Like you, you're like acknowledging that this era of BTS is over for you. Is that, am I hearing this correctly? It is really, okay. So like, it's kind of like when you go into like a big life event, like the pandemic. Oh, it's not like to the scale of the pandemic, of course, but it's like, it's kind of like that where it's like, okay, like there's no return. So I think a lot of things that drive youth obsession and fandom, it's a way of keeping time too. Like for example, the bands that I was into when I was a teenager, it's never like a return. Right. It's like a little bit nostalgic ahead of time. Yeah. Wow. I'm so pleased to have learned so much about BTS and to talk to somebody who is 
truly passionate <laughs> about something. It makes brings a lot of joy into my life. So we're so happy that you came and talked to us on the show. We are so, so happy to have Ace join us this week. Ace, where can people find you? I know you might be a little like BTS where you don't want to promote yourself, but... <laughs> Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Oh, you know, if you want to visit my website, Alice Sparkly Cat is catwithak.com. Ace's website is honestly so good. I've never, I've read stuff about my own placements there and like other ones, but like, and like learned about myself. I'm like, that's true. Um, I don't know. Just, <laughs> it's just really like an insight that you don't get anywhere else, but also one that's not, it's just, you're like, oh, of course, that's how has no one said this before, but like truly <laughs> anyway, I could. I'm a fangirl, I guess. I'm five, in, five I'm star reviews on your oh. website, Dana. <laughs> we will put that website in the show notes. Don't worry. So, Ace, oh. thank you. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much again. It was such a pleasure to have you and talk about your fandom. It was really fun. And it was really fun for us to learn more about BTS. Glad. No, thank you. I really appreciate that, Dana. And I, mean, I appreciate y'all for holding space for this conversation. So thank you so much again to Ace for joining us. I'll make sure to click on her website in the show notes. And with that, I'm Elise. I'm Dana. And I'm Sarah. And this is Allegedly Astrology.